Hey friends, this is Jeff and Gary Rayburn. I got my partner alongside of me. Hi, my name is Fred Mooney. I'm excited to be here on the Channel 21 conference line. Yeah, we've got a program tonight that we recorded on our conference line, and we're going to invite you to come join us every week on Thursday nights on our conference line, and you can hear messages like this one that you're going to listen to on tonight's program. What time's it start, Gary? Well, let's see. If we're East Coast, it'll be 6 p.m. on Thursday nights. Central time, where we're located, it's 5 p.m. Rocky Mountain time is 4 p.m. What about that West Coast out there? You mean California, eh? Yeah. That'd be 3 p.m. Now, what's that phone number? The phone number is 727-731-5062. That is 727-731-5062. Thursday nights at 6 p.m. and no access code needed. So you're invited to join us each week right here on Channel 21 Ministries Conference Line. sun goes down the hum of 18 wheels lord that's a lonely sound i spend all day chasing that old white line i've been on the road so long i've lost track of time now it don't matter where i'm going i just gotta drive i have the white line fever to the day Become Fred Mooney's life. He's my partner. Say hello, Fred. Hello, Fred. I'm sure (laughs) glad to be here with you, Gary. And we've got a special guest today, Mr. Cliff Clark. Hey, Cliff. I'm glad you're here today. And I'm I'm excited. Well, yeah, I'm excited about what we're going to do right here in the cab. This is our in the cab program. We're going to put you up in a big old truck and drive down the road with them truckers out there on the oh, road. Oh, man. I, I hope there's a little uh, air in the seat. <laughs> <laughs> you get you an air seat. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah. I, 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 was, I started driving when they didn't have those. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. I I'm know. an old school guy. <laughs> you know, that, them, them seats without air will make a fella. Uh, make a bad just looks like a Pentecost, you know, <laughs> jumping up and down there, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. right. 
I believe he likes riding in the cab with us. Yeah, he does. Oh, I think Cliff's about the best storyteller I ever heard. And uh, he wrote that story in Facebook, and I thought it was fantastic about when you was a little boy and you witnessed to your neighbor. Uh, my, my uh, I, I hadn't been saved, but just, oh, just a few weeks. And my we had this uh, evangelistic campaign go out and knock on doors. And I agreed, and I promised my pastor that I would knock on every uh, door within so many blocks. So, I, and it didn't, I didn't remember that the meanest man in, our town lived within my region. So finally, last house, you know, didn't want to do it, didn't want to do it. And I knocked on the door, went up, knocked on the door, and opened the door, what do you want? And <laughs> I said, I come tell you, Jesus loves you. I don't want to hear about it. Wham! The Lord kept dealing with me. Go back, go back, go back. No, Lord, I don't want to go back. Go back. I went back and knocked on the door. Pip, pip, pip. Didn't I tell you to get out of here? And he had a shotgun by the front door. And he pulled out the shotgun. And he said, what's the matter with you? You retarded or something? I'm not supposed to say that word. But I'm handicapped. I said, no, sir. I said, I said, Jesus loves you, and he wants you to be born again. He said, I don't want to hear it, and if you knock one more time, he said, I'm going to shoot you. I went down the sidewalk, Lord, what I do, what I do, what I do. And I noticed the sign on the tree. I noticed the sign on the tree, and I knocked on the door, and he, here we go. I was going to shout, I said, wait. I said, don't shoot me. I said, should you say that you don't believe in Jesus, why in the world have you got a scripture wrote on that tree over there? <laughs> he said, I do not. I said, you do too, do not, do too, do not, do too. I said, if I can prove to you that you got a Bible verse, on that tree over there, you have to promise me that you're going to church with me next Sunday. All right, if it'll get rid of you, you show me a Bible verse wrote on my tree. I had my Bible there, and I opened it up, and I said, come here. And he walked over at the tree. There's a sign on that tree said, said, beware of dogs. <laughs> And I, fly, I think it's in Philippians. You caught me off guard. And I flipped over there in the book of Philippians. <laughs> and it said, Beware of dogs and evildoers. <laughs> the old man looked at me and, All right, he said, I'll come next Sunday. He come next Sunday. And when he come through the door, about half the church went, <gasps> And I thought that's because they were surprised to see him, you see, somewhere. But the real reason they went <gasps> is come to find out the fellow was the bartender down at the bar. <laughs> and, and, and they, <laughs> they'd been going off down there and he knew a lot about him. And <laughs> he come and sat right on third row with me. That went on for three Sundays. And on the third Sunday, the pastor gave the altar call. He came forward and knelt, and he received the Lord as his Savior. And two weeks later, he went home to meet his Lord face to face. So when God deals with you about witnessing to somebody, you ought to respond right when he's telling you, don't give up no matter what kind of reputation they got. Sometimes they got a Bible verse wrote right on a tree. And speaking of Bible verses, Cliff, uh, I think we ought to put on a song right here. And I can't think of any better song than uh, The Night Jack Daniels Met John 316. That's a Bible verse that everybody has heard of. This is a great song by James Payne. I remember the night 
end of my road In a motel in Nashville Searching for hope In my hand was a Bible I read as a child But on the table was a bottle It was driving me wild whiskey into the glass I prayed it would help me forget my past then I read how Jesus died on that tree and I poured out the whiskey and I fell down on my knees John 3.16 God's word broke the hold That he had over me I traded Tennessee whiskey For Calvary's tree That night old Jack Daniels Met John 3.16 by our partner, Cliff Clark. Amen. I'm glad to be here. I want to say thank you to everybody. Uh, I love you with all my heart, and I have really uh, learned to love, grown to love uh, Channel 21 and all that you do and all the uh, all the folks that are that are uh, on the line. You know, I, I appreciate you more than you'd ever know. I, uh, I want to tell everybody, Thank you for, uh, I want to tell you, thank you for letting me be here, and happy, happy, happy Thanksgiving. You know, I was thinking the other day, I wonder what will ever happen to Thanksgiving. Now, no offense to nobody, no offense to nobody, but uh, she might be starting having Christmas in July. <laughs> and I, I wondered the other day, well, what happened, you know, it, uh, the uh, the Hallmark Channel is one of our favorite channels, and here we went all of a sudden twenty four hour uh, Christmas movies, you know. <laughs> and and I love I love Jesus, and I love the story of Christmas and the real story of Christmas, and He's the reason for the season. But oh, the uh, commercialism kind of gets to me a little bit. I don't know if it does you, but I wonder what happened to Thanksgiving. I was reading the other day in Psalms uh, 34, uh, verse 8, and and this is what got me started uh, on this thought. I want to talk about yum, yum. You know, when you when you 
when you eat something good, oh my goodness, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about uh, how to be more thankful. Uh, Psalms 34 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusted in him. I got to looking at that. Uh, me and Major, me and uh, Brother Roy Blackwood, uh, got to studying together this past two weeks, and and uh, we got to studying the Hebrew uh, of the uh, of uh, Psalms thirty four eight. That word says, "Oh, taste." Mm-mm. Did you ever have your grandma spoon up a good spoon or something? Say, "Oh, here, 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 here. Just taste it. Just taste it." And oh, you put the put that in your mouth, and like my mother in law used to say. It makes your tongue want to slap your brains out. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> well, when you take a taste of who the Lord is and what he is and how he is, just take a taste and you'll see how good he is. That word taste, the Hebrew word, it doesn't mean just taste. It means uh, not only to taste but to experience. Experience. Take a bite and Get the whole experience. Have you ever went to a, a real Italian restaurant, you know, and you pull up at the table and you put that long white, white, supposed to be a handkerchief, but it looks more like a blanket. Of course, they know me when I eat spaghetti. Going to, you get the atmosphere, and you get that with the Lord when you go to church and when you when you experience his people. And, oh, taste, David says, and see or come to understand, it means in the Hebrew, uh, David is saying, come and, and try the Lord, and come to understand that the Lord, that word Lord, there's many, many words for Lord, but that word Lord means the the pre-existent one, the one that it, that has always existed, that always will, and, uh, the pre-existent one, it means the all-powerful one, come and Take a taste of the all-powerful God that can help you with anything. The word Lord there is used for the the general of the Lord's armies. Come and taste and realize that God has a, has angelic hosts there to protect you and watch over you. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, I love that word good there because, oh, I love that word good because that word good, there's more than one with a Hebrew word for good, but that word there, good, means uh, goodness that is running after me, running after me and catching up, running after me and catching up. You know, I, I, we at our church, we sing a song uh, called The Goodness of God, and pardon me, I'm not going to sing, oh, I want to do you a favor, and I'm not going to sing. But the, the song says, uh, your goodness is running after, it's running after me. And the, that stanza repeats, your goodness is running after, it's running after me. And that Hebrew word means goodness that is chasing you down. God wants to give you his best. And it, not only is it chasing you down, but it's catching up. You know, I, I never had the privilege, I've been cerebral palsy, as I've told you before, and I've never been able to run. Uh, I've never been able to run, but but and I've never gotten the the feeling of being a runner and hearing steps come up behind me and hearing. But oh, if you're a runner, if you're running away from the Lord, the Lord is. You're trying to run away, and God is running after you, trying to to bring you back and trying to catch you. I tell you what, I did do. Tell you what, I have done many times. Uh, I have street raced. Now, I know, I know, I know I shouldn't. And I don't mean drag raced. I mean street raced. <laughs> I get in the car, you know, and it's like, room, room, room. And <laughs> I have to ask the Lord to forgive me. But I've street raced a whole lot. And, man, I've known the feeling of thinking out without my lead. And, man, I'm just flying. And, man, I got this made. And I would look in the rear view mirror. And I'd see the guy that I was racing coming up behind me. Maybe it was Fred. Seeing the guy I was racing come up behind me, and he's about to catch me and about to overtake me. And I thought about how it is to 
look in the mirror. And you look in the mirror and you're expecting to see all your past failures and all your past sins and how bad your past was. And you look in the mirror and there's God. You look in the mirror and there's God. And he's coming after you and he was there all the time and he wants to catch you and give you a blessing. He's catching up to you. And no matter how fast you drag weights, no matter how fast you run, no matter how fast you go spiritually, God is coming after you and he wants to bless you. And he wants to give you a home in heaven. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed in God's favor, at peace with God, is the man. That word man there is a is a special Hebrew word, and it, it doesn't mean just any man. It means uh, it's the word for a male soldier or a, a very weary male soldier or driver. You may be tired, and you may have tried very hard to serve God, and, and you may have turned your back on him, and you may be one tired soldier. But I want you to know that the God of the universe loves you, and he is good. And he's chasing after you, and he's catching up. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. That word trust means one that, that runs to, one that runs to, one that runs to him. David is saying, oh, I was out away from the Lord. I got away from the Lord, and I realized that I needed to trust God. And instead of running to what I was doing, I, I ran to God. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. David, in this psalm, David uh, David had been on the run from Saul. David had been anointed king by Samuel and told that they, David had been told, had been given a promise that he was going to be the king of Israel. But Saul was still king. And he'd been given a promise, and, and man, it would be good if that promise was just a few days ago, but... Scholars say that that promise, that he would give that promise 16 years ago. And for 16 years, David had been on the run from Saul. Did you ever get tired? And one day, one day, David, the Bible says, out of fear, David got tired and he got afraid. And the psalmist of Israel, the, the psalmster of Israel, the one that had defeated Goliath, the one that had won so many battles, got tired, and he thought, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go my own way. And it started out, David went to uh, one of the priests, and, and he lied to the priest for him and his soldiers, and he asked for bread, and, and he started doing things his own way. And that's the way it is when you start to drift away from the Lord. You start lying to the preacher. And then David took the showbread, the holy things of God, and that's the second thing. You start using the things that are dedicated to God for your own use. And he lied to the preacher, and then and then he he said, hey, I'm paraphrasing, have you got any weapons here? And they said, well, David, we've got the sword of the sword of Goliath, and David took that great big gigantic sword that was dedicated to God, and David said, I know what I'll do. I'll go hide in Gath. That was the home of the giant Goliath. Now, I don't mean no offense, but, and maybe I'm not allowed to use this word, but I think that was a really stupid decision because David decided to run away from Saul, and where did he run? He ran to the camp. Of, uh, he ran to the capital city of the enemy that he had killed. See, that's what happens when you run away from the calling of God. You run away from God, and you begin to make wrong decisions, sometimes stupid decisions, and you run right into the camp, the city, the headquarters of the enemy. And I believe David got there, and can you imagine, he got there, showed up with 600 men, and there was a king there by the name of Achish. Brother, the Hebrew is pronounced Achish. Thank you, Brother Roy. Uh, and uh, he got there, and Achish was there, and uh, they they realized who he was. Well, why, how in the world they realized it was because David was in Goliath's home city. 
his hometown carrying this great big gigantic sword that was probably made in that very same city. People began to figure out who he was. Sin does you that way. You had to fake. You had to be a fake, and you really love God. You really love God, but you you're trying to fake it and get along with everybody. And David realized that they were going to kill him because they realized who he was. God, what do I do? What do I do? And, and David David began to act like a crazy man. And God, if you read the history on it, David speaks as though God told him what to do. And even in David's rebellion, God gave him a way out. And dear loved one, if you're far away from God, if you're far away from God, if you'll turn to the Lord, if you run from your call, if you run from your purpose, if you run away from the Lord, turn around, dear loved one. Turn around, dear loved one, and ask God for the way back. And God, David faked, David faked being crazy, and he, and he spit on his beard, let drool run down his beard, and, and I don't have time to get into why that was considered disgusting, but it was. And he went over and he began to scratch on what new crazy stuff, and they kicked him out instead of killing him. Thank God. Thank God. And when David got out, he wrote this song, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. God, I tried to trust in myself, and I turned to lying, and I turned to trying to cheat folk and take the bread that belonged to you, and I tried to run to the enemy's camp, and I tried to do it my own way, and I almost got killed for it. But God, once I called on you, I think that's Psalm 34, 4. Well, Lord, once I called unto you, you showed me the way out. If you're away from the Lord, ask him, God, no matter what the man says, God, show me how to, how to get out of this mess. I wanted to talk today, and the reason I called it Young Young was because I was thinking about Thanksgiving and thinking about tasting and seeing how good God was, and I want to talk today about how to be more thankful. The first thing, if I'm going to be more thankful, I asked God to help me. I asked God to help me be more thankful. James, James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God to give it to all men liberty and upbraid of thought. He gives you more than you need when you ask, and he doesn't hold back. If I need thankfulness, ask God, Lord, Help me, help me, Lord, to be more thankful. Help me to see more and more things to be thankful about. Help me, Lord, to be more thankful. Say amen. Ask God to help you be more thankful. The next thing, attitude. Attitude goes a long way. Uh, do you have an attitude of gratitude? When you wake up in the morning, do you say, Good morning, Lord. Or do you say, good Lord, it's morning. <laughs> what kind of attitude have you got? Uh, Proverbs 25, oh, let's see. I got my glasses, it's all fuzzy. Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, sorry about that, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he, to thee, but his heart is not with thee. And whatever the way you think in your heart and the things that you think about govern the way you feel, the way you speak, the way you act. God changed my heart and helped me to think about the good things and helped me to have a, a good attitude. And God helped me to smile when I see people coming. I love church people. I love them. I love them. I love them. I love them. But some of them, a friend of mine says, some of them look like they were baptized in a dill pickle barrel. <laughs> I love church folks, but boy, you, you couldn't tell they loved the Lord by the smile on their face. Oh, attitude, attitude goes a long way. I always tease my wife. 
I tease my wife, and I've got permission to say this. I tease her. My wife doesn't say cuss words. She sure don't. My wife don't say cuss words. But wherever she, on some days, on some days, wherever she spits the grass dies. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> and I'm telling you, attitude goes a long way. Ask God to. Change your attitude. The next thing, first thing was to ask God to help you to be more thankful. And then second thing was an attitude of gratitude goes a long way. Third, uh, third thing, be aware of what you have and remind yourself of what you you have to be thankful for instead of your complaints. In Numbers chapter 21, uh, verses 4 through 8, it says, and they journeyed from Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea to pass the land of Edom, uh, and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. By the way, if you're talking about your preacher, you're also condemning the Lord. And the people spake to, uh, against God and against Moses. Wherefore, have you brought us out into uh, brothers up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness for for this is uh, there is no bread neither is there any water and, and and what does that say and, and neither is there any water and our soul well, it's, it's light bread I always tease and say they didn't like light bread they only like cornbread you know <laughs> uh they, they have been in the desert. They've been wandering around because of their own disobedience. And they asked God for food. They asked God for food, and God performed a miracle. He performed a miracle, and he sent them manna from heaven. I mean, food fell out of the sky. But it wasn't very long that they got dissatisfied with that. They got dissatisfied with that, and they began to complain. Have you ever had a, a kid and you fix a meal and you do your best and it's delicious and the kid saunters up to the table and in an air of rebellion, I didn't like that, and you've worked so hard. The, the Israelites, God was providing. Sometimes you research it. I should have brought my notes on that. Uh, God was providing. It wasn't just a handful of Israelites. There were millions of them with their families. There were millions of them. And and I've researched it before, and God had to supply enough uh, manna and enough, uh, enough stuff to have railroad cars full of food every, every day. Every day, railroad cars, uh, train, uh, trains worth of cars. And God did that every day. Do you know that? Sometimes that God does great stuff for us. And instead of loving God and appreciating God and, and seeing the miracles that God performs right in front of us, we take his miracles for granted. Do you know that they were being led by a cloud in the daytime and a pillar of fire by night? God was showing them over and over and over again that he was there and that he was supplying. But the Israelites took God's gifts and took God's blessing and took God's provision for granted. And it wasn't exactly what they maybe wanted, so they began to complain. If you want to be more thankful, stop complaining about what you don't have and begin to thank God for what you do have, and it will change your life. Change your life. The last thing I want to talk about, uh, last thing I want to talk about, well, next to the last thing. Have you ever noticed a preacher said, I'm going to quit, and then keeps talking for 25 minutes? <laughs> I'll try not to do that. Be aware of what you got, not what you don't got. I, I read, a, uh, I watched a video by Dr. Charles Stanley, I've been studying about thankfulness for weeks, and I watched a video by uh, Dr. Stanley, and he he said uh, there are 15 things that every 
15 paints, this sermon is going to be three hours long. I'll try to hurry. Uh, he said that there are 15 things that every Christian can be thankful for. And I wrote those down. Now, I want to read them right quick. Uh, first thing, God chose you. God chose Lillian. God chose Kurt. God chose Joe. God chose Gary from the foundation of the world. That's in Matthew 25, verse 34. God called you before, secondly, God called you and, uh, and knew you before you were ever born. God knew all about you. Jeremiah 1, 5, he told Jeremiah, uh, before he was born, before you were born in the belly, I knew thee and called thee. To be. God knew you before you were born. Uh, uh, Paul talks about that for himself. David talks about that. Isaiah talks about that. All of them talk about the call of God on their life before they were ever born. Dear driver, dear listener, God has a plan for you. Jeremiah 25, uh, what is that? Uh, 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for thee, plans for a future and a hope. God knew you before. You're not an accident. I don't care what happened. I don't care how it happened. Did you know? I've had cerebral palsy since birth. It was a birth defect. Did you know that since God knew me before I was born, he called me before I was handicapped? Ain't that awesome? God knew all everything that was going to happen. God is never surprised when you mess up. Oh, God doesn't look down and shake his hand and hold his hand in his hand. I wish I hadn't saved him. I, I wish I hadn't called him. I didn't really. God knew. And if you find out that you messed up, turn around, dear driver. Turn around, dear driver. Turn around. Lillian, turn around. Uh, Matthew, if you're listening, turn around. Uh, turn around. God is not surprised. He called you, and you can be thankful before you're born. The next thing, if you're a Christian, you're born again, and that's something to thank God about. Your salvation, and you're born again. i got to hurry. I promised I would. <laughs> the next thing, you have the Holy Spirit inside you, John fourteen sixteen and John fourteen twenty six. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. When you give your life to the Lord, the Lord uh, allows the the uh, the Holy Spirit to come inside you and speak to you and guide you. You don't have to do this salvation thing alone. You don't have to do this Christian thing alone. If you'll give your life to the Lord, John fourteen sixteen says you have, you will receive and you have the Holy Spirit inside you. Next thing, God wants to give you gifts. He wants to give you a purpose. He wants to give you a purpose. He knows you more than any other and he knows what you're good at. He knows what you're not good at. And if you choose to do something that you're good at, God will bless that. If you choose to do something that you're not good at, but you're obeying the Lord, God will bless you with that. He wants to give you gifts. You can have the next thing, number six. You can have an intimate friendship with God. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. God, you can know the God of the universe, and you can be thankful for that. Next thing, you have the peace of God. God can give you peace. Jesus said in John uh, 14, 27, my peace give I unto thee, not as the world gives. He can settle that drama, and if you'll just turn it over to him, he can give you peace, and that's something to be thankful for. Huh? Yeah. You can be thankful that God loves you. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know that verse. God loves you, and you can be thankful that he does. The next thing, you have the presence of God all the time. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's right there with you. I don't care what the trial is. I don't care what the problem is. If you turn to the Lord and say, Lord... Help me. You can be thankful that the God of the universe promises never to leave you, and he's right there with you. That next thing, according to Philippians 4.19, 
God has promised to meet your needs. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Do you have a financial need? Ask God. Do you have a spiritual need? Ask God. Are you lonely and need somebody? Ask God. God promises to meet your need. And next thing, in Psalm 91.11, God has, you can be thankful that God has promised to protect you. Psalms 91.11 says, He shall give his angels charge over thee, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. God has surrounded you with an army of angels. Billy Graham said that every believer has at least two angels. Because where the scripture is talking about, if you mistreat a child, it would be better that a millstone be uh, hung about your neck. It said, and it says, because their angels, the child, angels do behold the face of the father. Angels in in and ass. That means at least two. Uh, and it never mentioned it, that they ever leave. I believe that we have guardian angels, and God puts them around us to protect us. Psalms 91.11 says that he will protect you. He will protect you. You have the promise, the next thing, when I die, you have the promise of a brand new body, of a bodily resurrection. Kurt, if you're still here, the Word of God says that this, this corruptible must put on any corruption in 1 Corinthians uh, 15.44. When we get to heaven, we're going to have a brand new body. And I, my wife, I'm going to have to reintroduce myself because I, I think I'll be about a foot taller because I won't be bent over anymore. The old cerebral palsy and all those things. We're going to have a brand new body, and I thank God Almighty that we're going to have one. You have the promise when we get to heaven of knowing each other. <laughs> the Word says, Jesus said, there in Matthew, there in that we're going to sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and eat a meal, and it, it speaks as though we'll know them. And if we know them, we'll know each other. I believe with all my heart that I'm going to be able to have fellowship with 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 those that, that I love. And I may I may never get to meet you here this side of the earth, but when we get there, I'm with Joe. Joe Hester, I'm with Carolyn. I'm going to shake hands with you. I'm going to say, my name's Cliff. I'm that old old preacher that was on the radio. One day, one day, we'll know each other. Gary, I've got some bad news. Gary, I've got some bad news. You know what it is? <laughs> You're going to know me forever. <laughs> We're going to know each other. We're going to get to meet Jesus. Another thing I'm thankful for, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am there you may be also. We can have a home. We can have a home in heaven, a brand new home. Next thing I'm thankful for, and there's many others, but I'm thankful for God's word. I'm thankful, John, uh, 119.105 says that his word is a, what is it, a lamp, a uh, lamp. A lamp under my feet, a light under my path. I may have that backwards, but he he shows me what way to go. I'm thankful for God's word. I want to tell you too that actions can help you be more thankful. Sometimes my grandma used to say that actions speak louder than words. Whenever you give to other people, it causes them to express thanks to God. I want to show you something. In in New Testament times, the Jerusalem church was struggling. They were struggling, and they were about to go broke, and they had a need. And the people of the Corinthian church got funds together, and they sent it to the home church, to the Jerusalem church. And I want to read in the Passion Translation, 2 Corinthians 9, 11-14. It reads like this. Paul is talking to the Corinthians about what they did for the other church. Said you will be blessed in every way, and you'll be able to to keep on being generous. Then many people will thank God when when we deliver your gift. 
What you're doing is much more than a service that supplies God's people uh, with what they need. It is a, uh, thank you, Lord. It is something that will make many others thank God. The, the way in which you've proven yourselves by this service will bring honor and praise to God. You have believed the message about Christ, and you have obeyed it by sharing generously with God's people and with everyone else. Now they are praying for you and want to see you because God used you to bless them so very much. If you will obey the Lord and give, the word of God in the passage that I just read says that that you, number one, you will be blessed. Number two, that your thanksgiving and your giving will cause others to be thankful and to pray for you. Joe Hester, Joe Hester, you know how many people pray for you? Because you have obeyed God. Oh, Gary Rayburn, you know how many people pray for you? Because you have obeyed God. Lillian, you know how many people pray for you? Because you have obeyed God. Major Lord Blackwood, you know how many people thank God for you and are praying because you have obeyed God. When I was a little boy, last story, and I'm going to hush. When I was a little boy, Mom Dad got without food. Mom Dad told my mom I'm going to have to go away to look for work, and Dad had been gone two or three weeks. And we hadn't eaten in a while. And my mama couldn't have been. She said, Clippy said, I want you to fill up with water, drink as much water as you can, and when and I'll do it with you. And when it comes time for dinner, when it comes time for dinner, said, you tell your sisters you're full and you push your plate away and I'll give your sisters your part. Now, for a little bit of boy, that was hard. But about the fourth day, I was praying, and I woke up one morning, and I heard my mom praying, God, please send us some food. God, please send us some food. And I was laying there listening to Mama pray, and all of a sudden we had a big wooden porch, and I heard footsteps on the porch, and then I heard bang, 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 bang on the door. Bang, 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 and then I heard those footsteps run off the porch. They ran off the porch. My mama went to the door, she opened the door, and, and it, it wasn't even daylight yet. And my mama hollered, hallelujah. She didn't have no teeth, and she couldn't say hallelujah. Hallelujah. She said, Clippy, Clippy, come here, come here. And I went in there, and there was a box. Gary, there was a box, and it had oranges. It was full of oranges, and it had walnuts. And it had bags on top of bags of split peas. And it had vanilla wafers. And she said, you saved the vanilla wafers for your sisters. But she said, I'm going to go cook these split peas. And I don't care if you like split peas or not. If you're a little boy and you ain't ate four days anything, was the best season things I ever tasted? And she said, Clippy, you... You peel these oranges and you and you crack these walnuts and I went to peeling oranges and my mama run and sat down in the floor and sat down in the floor and me and my mama fed each other oranges and walnuts. Every year after that at Christmas, my mama and I gave each other oranges and walnuts. Uh, every year after that, my mama passed away and to this day, as often as I can, especially around Christmas, I go to her tombstone and I put an orange and a walnut. I never, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know who left that box. But every time I eat an orange, I thank God. And every time I eat a walnut, I thank God. And every time I give, I hear the sound of footsteps running off the porch. If you will obey God and be thankful, if you will obey God and be a giver, your giving will cause others to be thankful. I want to say thank you, Lonesome Road, for all you're doing. God loves you. Happy Thanksgiving. 
Jesus loves you, and I do too. You take chances, burn the candle at both ends. Circumstances have brought you here again. Standing on the edge Just about to fall One step away From losing it all You keep running But no matter how you try There's nowhere to go No place to hide How many times have you fallen on your knees and made promises that you didn't keep? Ask yourself before it's too late How much grace is it gonna take to bring you back to me? Your defenses Build a wall around your heart Consequences Have torn your world apart I keep reaching out You keep turning me away Breaking my heart With each passing day You keep running There's nowhere to go No place to hide How many times Have you fallen on your knees And made promises That you didn't keep Ask yourself Before it's too late To bring you back to me Ask yourself Before it's too late How much grace Is it gonna take To bring you back to me I don't know what's going on in your life, but Jesus does. And he is the king that you need to bring your problems to. And you can do that right now. And it's as easy as A, B, C. Isn't it, Fred? Salvation is just that easy. A, B, C. First of all, admit that you are a sinner. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And B... You need to believe in Jesus. And in John 3.16, we all know this verse, but let me go ahead and read it to you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, if you did A and B, that you've admitted you're a sinner and you've believed upon Jesus Christ, the next you need to confess him as your Lord and that's found in Romans 10 and 9. Yeah, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And it's just that easy, A, B, C. Yeah, Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I love that word, whosoever. Me too, I'm a whosoever, 
And, I'm glad I am. And you, my friend, are a whosoever. And God is calling you today to come to him and confess and believe. And he will save you every time. You may be a Christian and you may have tons of problems, but God still wants to, you to load those problems on him. So if you prayed that prayer. Give us a call at yeah. 618-383-2107. Yeah, you can call me or text me on that number or log on to lonesomeroad.org. Let us help you with your walk with Christ. We want to send you a Bible. We want to send you testimony books. We want to send you CDs. We want to send you podcast cards that will help you as you travel that old lonesome road. There's a man down on the corner holding a sign. You know, I think he's right. Says the end of time. Saw a newsman on TV in a Colorado town telling how some madman shot innocent people down. God, I hate to think what lies ahead We don't get back to the Bible Start doing what Jesus said We gotta pray Like we've never prayed before We gotta fight Like a soldier in a war Take a stand Every woman and every man down on our knees We gotta beg and plead We can't give up We can't give in Till God blesses America again I wonder what old Thomas Jefferson would say If he could come back from the grave And talk to us today Would he tell us that this country Is just what he had in mind Or would repent and turn to God Be the words he cried All of this low living Comes with a high cost and America needs to wake up before everything is lost. We gotta pray like we've never prayed before. We gotta fight like a soldier in a war. Take a stand, every woman and every man down on our knees. We gotta beg and plead. We can't give up, we can't give in Till God blesses America again It's time to put the Ten Commandments Back on the courthouse square Put God's Word back in our schools Open every day with prayer Let all the preachers Start preaching against sin And maybe then Maybe then God will bless America again Maybe then Maybe then Maybe then, maybe then God will bless America again Lonesome at the end of the road. 
In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past Hey drivers, we appreciate you letting us ride along with you in the cab. And you can contact us at 618-383-2107 or you can log on to our website at lonesomeroad.org and check us out on the web. You can listen to all of our radio programs on our website on our broadcast from the past page. So check it out. And if you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, then give us a call and let us know. been lost I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree